Kowalski. Welcome to the Town Alone Basketball and Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Adam, and with me as always, my co-host, Mike Regan. Mike, what were your thoughts on Nico Hulkenberg making it all the way to Q1 before, you know, falling all the way down the grid? I'm going to ignore that question and just say that I love how every time you do the intro, Discord's just like, nah, fuck that. I know. I have to, if I, if it, for any reason I have to use the scratch audio, I have to go through like a weird series of clipping little bits out of my main audio and dropping it into the scratch. Yeah. Because Discord routinely is like not having any of this guy's bullshit, man. Yeah, it gets, uh, gets a little intense there for Discord and they kick in the noise compression. My main goal with that one was to catch you off guard because you were looking down at your phone. So I really wanted to surprise you with it. Wow. You could have at least left the illusion that I'm professional. <laughs> Oh, Mike, how you doing today? I'm doing good. This is the final podcast recorded from my current mansion before I move into my next palatial estate. So I'm very excited. I'll never say never. Your new place could burn down before you ever get there. That's true. Yeah. That is true. And then you'll look foolish. <laughs> Mike, can I tell you a quick story? Yeah. I did something today that I have never done before. Care to what? take a, a quick guess at that? Um, You peed standing or no you peed sitting down i got a car wash from an automated car wash oh wow yeah never done it before went out and did it today like a good one or just like one of the crappy ones at gas stations one of the crappy ones at a gas station oh okay (laughs) but first off this particular one i'm not sure how it works at all of them but this one's like an on-rail shooter where like you lock Mm. into these little spots put your car in neutral and just kind of like don't touch anything and it rolls you through as you go. Mm-hmm. And I could not figure out when I was done. So, like, we get to right. the end of the car wash, right? Like, the car wash part makes sense. I'm not going to just throw my car into gas and floor it when I'm in the middle of getting giant brushes all over my car or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we get to the end of the track, and it's like an air blow dryer. And there's a sign on the outside that says, there's a green light that says wait. So it says wait, and then there's a green light. And it's not lit, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's it's like a green plastic covering but there's no light protruding through it and the one below it says stay and there's a red light and let me ask you this mike what is the difference between wait and stay i don't i don't know maybe wait is more like uh wait but be ready and then stay is like just a sell down you can wait for a, a minute bud you even use the other term while describing what stay might mean <laughs> so bad. it's a moot point because yes. at no point did either one of these lights turn on. Indeed. Very moot. <laughs> so I get to the end of the track and I like put my foot on my brake to go put my car into drive because I assume I'm done. And the loudest alarm I've ever heard starts going off. It was like I had robbed the biggest bank on the richest planet. So I took my foot off the brake. The alarm immediately stops. They have like fucking okay. brake detection in this thing. Yeah. And my car goes forward, like, maybe a quarter of an inch. Mm -hmm. And then another noise goes, like, (laughs) and I just hit the brake, put my car in drive, and drive off. Oh, okay. What does the ner mean? I I guess guess the ner means you're done. Because once again, the wait or stay never lit up. So I'm guessing the ner means I'm done. Yes. If not, I I broke that fucking car wash on my way out. Eh, fuck it, your car was washed. What do you care? Yeah. Uh, so I get out of this, and immediately it starts pouring rain. So, oh, nice, good, good twelve dollars spent there, Adam. I uh, I ask because they have like up here, they have like those like 
big big ass things like it's called delta sonic and that's like all they do there are these massive buildings that can take in a shitload of cars at once and they like do the work so they even have like little places to get food inside and like sit around people buy memberships to them but then it also like the weather up here most of the year sucks ass so people have to get their car washed a lot so i get it but that's yeah. breaking bad man True. They're probably it's probably so they can launder money for their meth business. I imagine yeah. that's actually what it is. Yeah. If I had to gamble at a place that was definitely doing meth, Buffalo would be near the top of my list. Really? Feels like meth country. You think people are making meth and taking it no, across no, the no, border no, no, to Canada? No no, 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 no. They're just doing meth there, man. No one in Buffalo has enough ambition to make something. Okay. If they had that kind of ambition, they would have won a single trophy at some point in the history of the town. Well, that's a little mean. I'm waiting for you to tell me a single time that anyone's won a trophy there, Mike. Well, we have multiple AFL championships, and our lacrosse team's really good, so how about you fuck off? Okay, real trophies, let's be honest. <laughs> they're real, like, they're physically real. What they're actually worth, I don't know, but... Mike, did you listen to the Formula One podcast I did with my Chicago crew? I did not. How'd it go, though? I know you were a little uh, interested to see how that worked. Yeah, it took a shitload of editing. Not to put anyone on blast, but it was a very edit-heavy podcast, uh, as it can be when four people talk and only two of them have ever done a podcast before. Mm -hmm. But part of the stipulation is that whoever wins our contest at the end of the year, I'm going to get a trophy made for them. Now, what do you think is more valuable, an AFL championship trophy or the trophy that I'm going to get made in, like, October to give to the winner of the stupid F1 contest? The AFL championships, because you can't get those anymore. No new ones are being made. Yeah, but they'll probably them. they'll probably sell me those AFL ones for like what sixty bucks, seventy bucks. No, it's the AFL, Mike. American Football League. We also anyway, have four AFC championships here that's in a row. Not a real trophy. You got pissed. I hate you so much. You you get pissed off when anyone hangs a banner that isn't a championship banner. Let's just get to what is on today's docket. If you're done shaming me, uh, we'll we'll circle back at some point when we talk about hockey. Mike, last week we started talking about. We, we started the week talking about hockey, right? So we talked basketball to start this week. Is that how that works? I think so. Talk into your fucking microphone. Oh, my God. For all the shit I just talked about, the two guys that had never done a podcast before, and then you, the three <laughs> times a week podcast motherfucker, gets on here and starts yelling across the room at his microphone. I was, I was preoccupied for a moment, all right? I needed to get some nicotine in. <laughs> Mike was freebasing a cigarette. Freebasing it? <laughs> mainlining that shit <laughs> I saw him pull the little rubber hose off it's dejecting a Marlboro light into your arm Marlboro light I'm not a pussy I don't smoke lights menthol not really a menthol guy either I mean I'll, you know you ever smoke a menthol yeah back in the, the day it's is the best part crushing the little mint cap inside of the filter well not all menthol cigarettes have that but back in the day when I was in high school that's what we'd smoke fucking Newports man you guys sound like mobsters doing that. <laughs> Sell them out of the back of a truck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Basketball then? Talking basketball? Basketball, basketball. talk? Talk about yes, some basketball? Sir. This is our Basketball and Hockey and Hockey and Basketball podcast. And Mike, what a week it was for basketball and hockey. Really? Eh, you know. <laughs> it felt like your typical kind of week, but all right. Mike, I'm going to start off with something here that uh, is really going to throw you off because it's not on the rundown. Oh, it is on the rundown. It's on the rundown. <laughs> unprofessional i wrote the rundown three times a podcast motherfucker can't read his own rundown <laughs> unprofessional so mike team usa chatter is starting to heat up as we get closer and closer to the paris olympics okay 
What? No, we do that on the podcast all the time. Wouldn't it be funny if you were watching First Take and like mm-hmm. Stephen A. Smith was like, I think LeBron is the greatest athlete of all time. And it cut over and Max <laughs> Clarman just went, okay. I feel like you're setting up the topic. So I'm I just, am, I am. I'm, act, I'm doing active listening, showing you I'm with you. <laughs> Fuck me. I can't win today. Don't worry. I'm cutting out all your dialogue. It's just me. I'm the high energy guy today. <laughs> um, right. So Mike, as, as we gear up for Team USA, I wanted to talk to you about the Team USA roster and what we can expect from it. Okay. So this... Damn it. <laughs> This past year, we had the Basketball World Cup, where a lot of younger players, and also for some reason Bobby Portis, played for Team USA. How dare you? He will punch you square in the face for that. <laughs> and then I'll be out of the NBA in a few years. Yeah. Um, so the weird part about this is the chatter heating up for who the cornerstones of this team are so far are Devin Booker and Drew Holiday. That is like, for whatever reason, the must-have players for this team. Solid backcourt. <laughs> Solid backcourt. Beyond that, the expected players are Drew Holiday, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, and Jason Tatum. Now, two other likely players, according to the rumor mill, the Scoop Scoops, um, are Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton, who had very big World Cups for Team USA, which, of course, Mike, at the World Cup, where did Team USA finish? Do you even get... We didn't even medal, did we? Fourth did we place. A fourth place, yeah. We didn't even medal. Didn't even medal. So uh, as much Canada as I love medal. Anthony Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> as much, well, I got Shea Gill. Uh, as much as I love Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton, maybe yeah. fucking pick it up in the World Cup, boys. What yeah, the hell? Maybe. the hell? So that leaves three additional spots, which real quick, I do want to point out here. I when, I when I listed the initial, what, seven players who are almost definitely going to be there, one of them's Joel Embiid. Yeah. Are you aware of how Joel Embiid got into the NBA, Mike? Did he play overseas? He was recruited <laughs> by the by NBA Africa, which is yeah. it's it's like a, an arm of the NBA that teaches African countries about NBA basketball and recruits any promising prospects to come play in the United States. I'm all for it because Joel Embiid's like super good at basketball, but like, really, guys, really, shouldn't we be letting like African countries have Joel Embiid? Yeah, probably. It's a little unfair, but I don't know if, not to be mean, but there could be a chance that they're not exactly going to field the strongest team. So they're like, yeah, it's all right. You can keep you. You can keep you well. It's like Carl Anthony Towns playing for Puerto Rico. Yeah. Well, the opposite. Puerto Rico was like, fuck, we need somebody. And Carl Anthony Towns is like, did someone say that I'm needed? <laughs> I wanted. It feels so nice. <laughs> I haven't felt this since I got drafted. Do you think, do you think that in the Puerto Rican locker room, Carl Anthony Towns goes, you know what? What we're doing is actually a lot more impressive than Spain winning gold. <laughs> yeah. Us winning two games in this tournament was actually a lot more impressive. So, <laughs> Thank God I'm not wearing my Timberwolves hat today. <laughs> hey, hey, can I? I don't know if this is going to even end up in the podcast. Yeah. But I went on a date with a girl the other day who said, like, part of the way that we matched and we're talking is she said that sports fandom's a cult. And so I thought, ha ha, wouldn't it be a funny bit if I wore a sports hat on the date? And then when she mm-hmm. called me out for it, pretended I was going to take it off, but then put on a second sports hat. That would have been funny and also impressive that you committed enough to bring two hats. I did commit enough to bring two hats. <laughs> oh, nice. And the bit did not land. <laughs> <laughs> 
went over like a lead balloon there, bud. <laughs> mm. I was going to say, did you tell her that she needs to learn how to be funny? Yeah, I actually flipped over the uh, the table you're sitting at and stormed out. <laughs> okay. That's how you got the second date. You played hard to get. Yeah. <laughs> Sh- showed a little bit of, a, of an alpha presence by flipping that table. Uh-huh. I'm sure she, it- when, you, when you did it, she was like, oh. <laughs> I'll tell but, you what. The, the workers of that McDonald's didn't know what hit him when I flipped that table and stormed out. <laughs> it was actually one of the tables at the McDonald's that's, like, welded into the ground. She still yeah. got it. Is that one of the old school ones that was, like, really brightly colored and made of cheap plastic so that kids couldn't stain it? Yeah, and then you punch the head off the little, like, fake Ronald McDonald they have <laughs> on the bench that kids take pictures with. I actually climbed up the slide into the ball pit and down the ladder <laughs> to leave. You were literally the meme of that super jacked up guy walking into, like, a fast food place. <laughs> Well, now that has to stay in. <laughs> it has to stay in now. So back to the Olympics. Do you really think that 40-year-old LeBron James, who only has so much time left in his playing career, would be like, yeah, I'll go play the Olympics? What I need right now is extra minutes on my body. Here's here's the question. How close is he to MJ's medal count? Because that'll dictate it's everything, right? I mean, by the numbers, Carmelo Anthony's the greatest U.S. Olympian of all time when it comes to basketball. So. Um, he actually is. He has the most overall medals. <laughs> he, he does. He has three gold and one bronze. Uh, Two gold and one silver. Um, um, second place is Kevin Durant. So, there you go. LeBron James has two golds and a bronze. Okay. So, he would need... LeBron would need to win two more gold medals, which isn't happening because that's eight more years to beat Melo. But yeah. if he wins one more, he ties Melo. But... If he wins one more, Kevin Durant also ties Melo. So is there like some game theory going on here where LeBron thinks if he doesn't play, Kevin Durant's less likely to have a record that LeBron doesn't have? I I don't think LeBron's... Actually, I was going to say, I don't think LeBron would think that hard into it, but yeah, he would. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. (laughs) There's never been a man more concerned with his legacy. Mm -hmm. Him and Russell Wilson, Wilson, Jesus, Russell Wilson, are the two people that spend the most amount of time talking about their legacy. So, Mike, after those those nine players I named, Drew Holiday, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, there is three Mm -hmm. spots left. So I want to get your speculation for who you think. Jalen Brunson. I hate take those. Jalen Brunson. Well, I I can't help but point out that Embiid is the only big man. So I don't know how much improving that would be to add a dude who's like 5'11". Jalen Brunson. (laughs) Hardenstein. They can't. The entire New York Knicks are not going to go play for Team USA. Also, there is no way that Hartenstein is an American. Mit- Wait, what do you mean, Hartenstein? That's an American name. What do you think he is? Like Israeli or something? German. German? Oh. Oh fuck! Was that like really anti-Semitic? Thinking the Steen was Jewish? Do we have to cut that? <laughs> now we do. <laughs> uh, he was born in Eugene, Oregon. Okay. <laughs> so he is American. But if you don't want Hartenstein, I can offer you a Mitchell Robinson. He's the son of a German basketball coach. Beef up the wing, get a little Julius Randle as your power forward. Julius Randle was one of mine I actually wrote down. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that, that he's kind of like in the Drew Holiday, Julius Randle. Like, you want dudes that are going to set the tone and fucking compete. Like, guys that really, really care about winning this. Mm-hmm. And I, like, 
I don't know how much Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Anthony Edwards are going to be like uh, we really care about winning gold at the Olympics. Like Anthony Edwards barely showed up to the fucking all-star game. I mean, that's been the history, though. We don't take the Olympics seriously until we lose, and then all of a sudden we bring out the big guns and just go scorched earth on the rest of the world. This doesn't feel close to a dream team, though, right? Like, I mean, no. it's some of the best talent in NBA history, but it still doesn't feel like a dream team. Also, think about how beefed up some of these other teams. Like, imagine this team going up against a backcourt that includes Rudy Gobert and Victor Wimbanyama. A backcourt? That includes... Okay. <laughs> I was like, that, that would, would be, be a crazy backcourt. That fucking they would, got, man. They got Killian Hayes playing center. Yo, Rudy and Wemby? I'll pay to watch it. A little Rube Wimb. Yeah. Need a better nickname for them. The Twin Towers. Wouldn't it just be Ruby? <laughs> Did you hear mine? The Twin Towers. Oh, is it Twin Towers? I didn't even go Eiffel Towers. <laughs> the Baguette Boys. There you go. The, the Arcs de Triomphe. The Anti-Napoleons. The points. Oh, because he's short. Yeah. Um, I got some other names for you here. How do you feel about either Anthony Davis or Bam Adebayo? Ooh, I like Bam. <laughs> oh, and Anthony Davis. I'm You're an idiot. Such, you have such a weird guys you mark out for. Like, you definitely have a particular player that you really like. Because mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is, like, still one of the top ten players in the NBA this season. And yeah. I named Anthony Davis and Bam Adebayo. And you went, ooh, I like Bam Adebayo. Yeah, it was just because I heard you say Bam. So I was like, oh, I like Bam. But then when I realized the other name he said, I was like, oh, no, wait, Anthony Davis, obviously. But we just talked about getting guys to like take this seriously and show up. And I don't know <laughs> if Anthony Davis is the guy I'm going to put that on. As How great about- of a year as he's having for the Olympics, he might be like, no. How about uh, another another Team USA World Cup standout, Paolo Bencaro? Ooh, doesn't he play for Spain? He might play for somewhere else. He could. But he played, he played, well, I mean, he literally played for Team USA in the World Cup. I feel like the the Olympics is weird because, like, players who now have citizenship can pick USA, correct? Sure. Hence Embiid. That's how it's happening. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Embiid went to college in, in the U.S. at least. There you go. I think a lot of guys, though, who have that option like the idea of going and playing for their country to try to show that, like, basketball in that country is on the come up. Yeah, I wonder who the first, like, major guy to do that was. Yao Ming? Yeah. Manu Ginobili? Tony Parker? I guess it depends, because a lot of these players could just have, like, work visas. You think so? Yeah, we're going into the logistics that no one cares about. Like, do you, but do you think, do you think Jokic is, like, here on a fucking work visa? How weird would that be? Like, imagine someone was the best at something in the world. And the place that they worked, they didn't even have citizenship. Yeah. I mean, it could be a thing where I have no idea the logistics of it or the the red tape, but it could be a thing with it's like, all right, you don't do a work visa because you're literally going to spend almost the entire, like you're going to spend your majority of your life while you're in the league in that country. So just get dual citizenship. It would be stupid to constantly get work visas for it or you're not allowed to maybe. I don't know. I don't work at the fucking DMV. Which would be a weird place to go to get a work visa or dual citizenship. I need to um, register a car and get dual citizenship. Can I like, do that at the same time? Or <laughs> How weird. Like, I'm sure they have people for this. But also, how weird would it be to, like, go to the DMV and just, like, fucking Luka Doncic is standing next to you? You're like, huh? Is that fucking Luka Doncic over there? Oh, no, wait. That's just that's just a guy I see at the Y. He looks so similar. Okay. So, <laughs> F1 happened today, right? The start of the season. Wrong and- podcast. 
Max Verstappen <laughs> is uh-huh. the world's best F1 driver right now. And the other thing about Max Verstappen is that he is the least charismatic human on the face of the planet. Like, he's like the scenes in Shorzy when they're talking to the camera. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, so, you know, just want to go out there and want to compete. Want to play for the logos on the front instead of the names on the back. Like, that's all Max Verstappen does. Mm-hmm. And now on ESPN+, Plus, because F1 can't sell enough ads since no one's watching it anymore... They have like three ads they run, one of which is one where Max Verstappen is trying to be charismatic about Heineken. And it's kind of like if you caught your dad in a gimp suit where you're like, all right, this by itself is not in any way offensive. But given the context of what I know about this guy, this makes me deeply uncomfortable and I hope I forget about this. You're, you, You're talking about catching your dad in gimp suit, so I don't know how much you want me to expect me to add on to that. You want to give you another name that I was thinking for Team USA? Yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Uh-huh. <laughs> bucket, bucket. What about James Harden? You think, what are strip clubs like in Paris? Probably pretty good. How far are you from uh, Amsterdam? I mean, it's it's Europe, so 14, 15 <laughs> minutes. Walking distance. Yeah. All right, Mike, that's all I had. My my My... Possible three other guys, I might, or the five guys that I have that I think three might get picked. Mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards, Bam Adebayo, Paolo Bencaro, Julius Randle, or Kawhi Leonard. If you had to pick three people off that list, who would be your top three? Kawhi, Julius, and Anthony Davis. I think I'd go Anthony Davis, Kawhi, Paolo Bencaro, but, you know, mm-hmm. close enough. <laughs> I didn't mean to stiff the Knicks off of the Team I USA know, roster. really stiffed us. I don't like it. Um, do you have anyone else that could... OG Ananobi, where's he from? Gotta be like France or something like that. Yeah, there you go. OG, the Franceman, in Ananobi. Speaking of Frenchmen, though. What a fucking segue. Eh? 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 Crushed it. It has been a ridiculous post-All-Star break for Wimbanyama and Jokic. Like, once again, to kind of talk about the thing we were just talking about, we're really doubling down on just having... All of the most outrageous, ridiculous players in the world in basketball no longer be Americans. Or maybe be dual citizens. We'll probably litigate that at some point. Who do you want to talk about first here, Mike? Wemby or Jokic? I guess Wemby, since he... I mean, he already locked up Rookie of the Year, but then last night he took his odds to like minus 10,000. Yeah. (laughs) When he hit a three, got back on defense, and then just packed the ever-loving shit out of Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren. I, I like that for some reason this season, like two things have happened that I really enjoy is that one, every team statement win is when they beat the Nuggets because the Nuggets won the championship last year. But the Nuggets are like pushing 20 losses at this point. Mm-hmm. And so it's you can't still be like, this team has made it. They beat the Nuggets. It's too late, guys. The, the Nuggets aren't trying that hard right now. We can stop pretending that's a statement win. And the other one is... The amount of times that defense on Chet Holmgren has become like someone being like, this guy's built different. Like anyone that plays defense against Chet for like two possessions in a row and does well, Twitter mm-hmm. is like defensive player of the year. Yeah. I'm pulling up uh, his stats from last night. While, while we're talking about highlights, it's been a good week for highlights. You see the LeBron chase down block followed by the three-pointer? I did not, but you said chase down on LeBron and I was, it, it were words that didn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he chased down block. Jordan Poole, which is maybe the funniest person for him to chase down block. It's uh-huh. like it's like the old school Andre Iguodala one in game seven, except if like you deflated it 
Mm-hmm. And then the ball the ball goes out of bounds, like bounced off Jordan Poole again or something. Lakers get the ball back, go down to the other end, and LeBron hits like a, a game-closing three. Pretty sick. Pretty sick. So, Wimby. This whole mm-hmm. thing starts with, I think, our one of our shared favorite stats, which is the Hassan Whiteside triple-double. Mm-hmm. Like, would, would you agree that that is one of the best stat lines of basketball? Like, that's one of my personal favorite stat lines is when someone gets a triple-double on points, rebounds, and blocks. It's a, one of the very dominant triple-doubles. Yeah. It's an alpha triple. It should be called the alpha triple. Yeah. Like, that should be, like, when I flipped that table at McDonald's. Right. Same energy as a triple-double with blocks instead of assists. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, he gets he gets a Hassan Whiteside triple-double against the Raptors on February 12th. Mm-hmm. Then against the Kings. So, for those of you who don't know what a 5x5 five five is, this is a thing that I think was popularized by uh, Zach Lowe of ESPN, where it's where you have at least five points, five rebounds, five assists, five steals, five blocks. So, you have at least five in five different categories. And it's, like, pretty rare. Obviously rarer than a triple-double. But we haven't had one in a minute. I think it's, like, 2018 or 2017 since we had one. Mm-hmm. So, the next game, Against the Kings. Wimby puts up a 19, 13, 4, 5, and 5. So he's one assist short of a 5 by 5. And at this point, I did see Zach Lowe was losing his mind a little bit because Zach Lowe's the 5 by 5 guy, almost had it there. Yeah. The next night against the Lakers, Wimby pulls off a 27, 10, 8, 5, and 5. So there's the 5 by 5. The first one since 2017, 2018. Just mm-hmm. ridiculous stat line. Like, let's stop and talk about that just for a second here, right? Okay. 27 points on its own. Not as impressive as a feat of, as it used to be, but still a pretty nice feat, right? Confirmation there? or <laughs> Without question, Adam. Sorry. <laughs> 27, 10, and 8. Filling up the stat mm. sheet. Not quite a triple-double, but still. That's like, that's like the LeBron stat line plus two rebounds. Like his mm-hmm. classic 27, 8, and 8 stat line. Yeah. And then any night where you have 10 stocks, that's combined steals and blocks, is impressive. Then you add in the fact that this guy is seven foot one and somehow had five steals. Like his arms, you see them coming from a mile out. They're so fucking long. It would be like if someone somehow managed to knock a cup of coffee out of your arm with like a kayak oar that you were looking at. Like they're swinging the kayak oar at you and still yeah. managed to knock the cup of coffee out of your hand. <laughs> but altogether, 27, 10, 8, 5, and 5. Pretty dominant performance. Then, like four nights later against the Timberwolves, he puts up a 17, 13, 5, 2, and 4. Not not quite a 5 by 5, but once again, narrowly, narrowly escaping that. And here's here's my follow-up question that I've been thinking about this, Mike, right? Mm-hmm. Wimby's on this insane streak, and we're, he's really starting to look like the guy that we were promised, especially on the defensive end of things, while the offense kind of comes into view. Yeah. How is he getting four to eight assists per night? Because who the fuck on the Spurs is making a bucket? People that Wemby get open just by being on the floor. Like, but like, like imagine you're like Victor Wimbenyama, and on one end of the floor, you like poke a ball away from Demonis Sabonis. You get that ball, dribble it down the court, and you throw it to a guy in the corner, and who catches it in the corner to shoot it? That's right, it's Devin Vassell. I'm I mean, kind of surprised what... he's not going back to to Metro's 98 this offseason. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, you just have to think about like me and you could probably get open with one beyond the court. <laughs> like the way he moves defenses, because he can either go inside or he's gonna just spot up from the arc and shoot a three. Like he's pulling doubles no matter where he is. Who's my the, point? Who like how many guys could you put in that category? The this guy's pulling doubles so you or I can get open. Wemby, Jokic, Luca. Steph? Steph, yeah. maybe. I feel like some teams are like, why even fucking bother trying? <laughs> Giannis? Giannis, that's another good one. That changes a little bit now, like when Dame's on the court. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the, the hope with that trade. That's the entire point there, but man, they've been so fucking bad on defense. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Shea Gill? Mm -hmm. You got to double him because now he's a three-level scorer, so you got to have like a guy in drop behind him. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some guys like there. There'll be periods where they double like Halliburton or Anthony Edwards or some of the guys of that cat category. You know what? You know who's a guy I can never like really picture being doubled in my head? Kevin Durant. You don't picture? Oh, wow. You're kind of right. That just blew me away. Yeah. Is it because like his arms are so long that what's the fucking point? Maybe. Like, if you double him, he's just going to reach way up, like, into the stratosphere and toss the ball to whoever the open guy is? Is that the idea yeah. there? Like, he yeah. must have been double-teamed plenty of times, right? I mean, he's one of the best players of all time. But right. I can't I don't, picture it in my head. Yeah, I don't know why, when you say that, I'm trying to picture it, and I can't. Yeah, I can't I can't really picture what it looks like. I'm, I mean, on the Suns, they also got Devin Booker. So that could be... But even, like, before the Suns, I just don't have a memory of it. Yeah. That's really yeah. weird. <laughs> All right, back to back to to Victor Wimbanyama. Real quick here though. So last night, obviously they toast OKC, which oh my god, the ad started playing on ESPN, and I thought that someone was talking into your microphone. Um, <laughs> they toast OKC. They beat him one thirty two one eighteen. Which big thank you to the Spurs for helping mm -hmm. Minnesota maintain their one seed. But Wimby ends up with a twenty eight. 13, 7, 2, and 5. He's a plus 17 on the night, uh, which is not the best plus minus on his team, by the way. But he does it on 9 for 17 shooting, 5 for 7 from the stripe. If you had to, if you had to, if you had to pull a Wimby comp out of your ass here real quick, what do you got? How about this? Yeah, let's do a cross-sport Wimby, Wimby comp. Oh, Who's fuck you. <laughs> I'm always so bad at these. I was going to say he's Kristaps if Kristaps met his potential, and he's Giannis if Giannis could shoot a three. Yeah. He's Giannis if you put Giannis in one of those old torture chambers where, like, you slowly crank it up to stretch him out. Yeah. Um, Crossport, though? Yeah. Tage Thompson, but more consistent? Yeah, so I was going to say Tage just because of the, like, it, Tage is so tall. Like, he stands out as a hockey player because of his length. It's not normal compared to what you'd expect. But Tage also is is more Giannis than he is than he is Wimbanyama. Like you're not expecting yeah. Tage to be like a shutdown defender, although Giannis is. Right. But you're not you're not expecting Tage to be a shutdown defender, and you really like him in transition because he's just like two of his strides are equal to what twelve, thirteen of Johnny Gaudreau's. Mm -hmm. Fucking short fuck. <laughs> I can't really think of a like a football cross comparison. Yeah, well. like who's. Who's just got silly long arms in football? It's got to be like a defensive back, right? Like, that's who I would think. 
has yeah. just like goofy long arms. He's like anti Tyler Linderbaum. <laughs> Does Lamar have long arms? Yeah, I think it just feels like that because Lamar's all time skinny. That's true. You know what? Michael Pittock Jr.'s kind of got long arms. Yeah. Chop Robinson. Once again, Chop though kind of has has the whole Giannis aspect to it. Is Giannis a freak athlete coming out? Have you seen him play basketball? Okay, fair point. All right. <laughs> His nickname isn't the Greek normal guy walking down the street. <laughs> the typical Greek guy. Um any anything else you got you got on 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 Wimby there, Mike? No. Did we did you bring up the Jokic? Aspect no, of this? no, we're we're talking about Jokic here in a second. Oh, okay, okay, kind of, okay. Kind of so Jokic coming out of the All Star break. This is minus yesterday because we were initially going to record yesterday, but mm-hmm. then Mike was finalizing. I believe you were getting the pool recocked at your new mansion. Yes. Yeah, I already yeah. had like this massive pool put in, um, but then I changed my mind. I was like, I want you to tear it out and make it a different shade of blue. Yeah, yeah. And then there was also the problem where the butlers were waxing the basketball court with the wrong type of wax. I know it was a whole thing. Yeah, but, it was a whole thing. A whole thing. But uh, so we were initially gonna record this yesterday, and Jokic ended up having like a, a decent game yesterday, um, like very in very Jokic fashion. It was better than most NBA players, but not up to quite what we're gonna talk about here. So since the All Star break, excluding last night, February twenty second against the Wizards. 21-19-15 and 15 triple-double on 100% shooting from the field. 10 for 10. Didn't miss a shot. Then he goes on to have two more straight 20-point triple-doubles. <laughs> like, before last night, he was on a three-game 20-point triple-double. And he had, like, at least 14 in every other category, too. Like, it wasn't close how, how much mm-hmm. he was filling up the stat sheet. Since the All-Star break... He is averaging 24, 16, and 14 on 675, 33, 86 shooting splits. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, like, it's like outrageous efficiency. Mm-hmm. It's like the old Harden numbers, but without the free throws buoying it. Who's more ridiculous right now, Mike? Wimby or Jokic? So, Jokic, we've kind of gotten used to it in a weird way. Yeah. Um, but I would still say Jokic because when you look at Wemby, like the look computes with the performance, <laughs> you know, like let's all, for all being honest here, Jokic, the look does not compute. Your best take is that part of what makes Jokic so ridiculous is that he doesn't look like the best NBA player of all time. In fact, he borderline doesn't look like an NBA player. Right. Like LeBron and Jordan are probably just disgusted because he looks like he's never hit the gym a day in his life. You think he does pliability or you think he like literally just fucks off to Slovenia in the off season? Yeah, he probably just fucks off. I could see the, I could see Jokic in Slovenia, like in a, like some kind of like shady underground room with just like a dim lamp above it. And he's in just like bare knuckle brawls fight club style. Like that's what he does in his time off. Uh, by the way, Serbia. I wanted to make sure I got that right because I, I oh, know Serbia, that, yes, yes. I know these players hate it when people get their countries wrong. So my apologies, mm-hmm. Serbia, not Slovenia. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, doesn't he? Doesn't he kind of have the feel where it's like, what do you do during the off season? And it just cuts to him punching meat and then like <laughs> arm wrestling like a dude with like a scar across his eye. Yeah, he has like a bear and a chokehold. <laughs> is this because he's Serbian? Is that the the reason why, <laughs> or is it the haircut mainly? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. 
I think you're right, though. Like, this Jokic run of the past, we'll say three seasons, like from his first MVP through this season, whenever that was, or maybe even the year before his first MVP. I don't know the last time we've had a performance where everyone in the world can kind of sit down and go, all right, yeah, that guy's the best NBA player. Like, it's it like the gap isn't to the levels of Miami Heat LeBron to, I don't know, New York Knicks mellow. Like, it's not, it's not like that level of gap. Or prime OKC Kevin Durant. He probably would have been right behind him. Yeah. But it's it's a bigger gap than we had when it was, all right, Steph Curry's the best player in the game and LeBron's mm-hmm. second. Or LeBron's best player in the game and Steph Curry's second. Like, that was much closer than we ha- what we have right now with Jokic and name your second guy, Embiid, Giannis, Luka, whoever you want to name. Mm-hmm. As, as teeny up to say Jalen Brunson. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I agree with you. But here's here's my second question on this. Mm-hmm. Who will have a more impactful peak, Jokic or Wimby? Hmm. Impa- I'm still saying Jokic. Like Wemby's impact, Wemby's peak would have to be so. And don't get me wrong, he's showing signs it could be, but it would have to be so ridiculous to be Jokic levels. Like Jokic is bring bringing championships to the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> like if Wemby wins a, a ring for San Antonio, it's just another ring on a pile of rings. You know, it's just a pinky ring or I don't know, like a pop's first toe ring or something i've lost count and it won't be quite the same and there's like the the real caliber difference there right like uh, i think that Jokic is improving on defense but wimby's gonna be like an all-time defensive player like mm-hmm. fucking dennis rodman level of defensive player but the Jokic playmaking is so crazy because it's not only how transcendent of a passer he is and how good of court vision he is. But kind of like the, you look at him and then you're told he's the best player in basketball and your first response would be, no fucking way. Like you watch that man dribble, dribble a basketball and you're like, yeah, that guy can that guy can get around anyone and sling it anywhere on the court from that dribble. You see that and you're like, no fucking way. Right. <laughs> he dribbles it. He dribbles it not unlike how I did when I was a child learning to play basketball. <laughs> All right, Mike, any more thoughts on Wimby versus Jokic? You think we'll ever get, like, those two guys in a playoff series against each other? Or did the timelines just not line up? No, I think it could happen. I mean, not next year or anything, but... What about this year? No. (laughs) If the Spurs start making moves to get them competitive, fucking playing's a thing. They sneak in, get to eight, face Denver as a one. It could happen in the next couple years. That'd be really fun. Yeah, it would. All right, Mike, last thing I, I want to talk about here, uh, and then we'll we'll hop over and we got lots of hockey to talk. Mm-hmm. You see this Max Drew shot? Yeah, pretty fucking wild. <laughs> pretty fucking wild. Yeah. So for those of you that uh, weren't watching, it was Cavs Mavericks. Okay. Luca gets the ball. He tosses into the basket after the ball gets tipped on the inbound. Puts Mavericks up 118, or sorry, 119, 118. Cavs inbound it. Somehow Max Drews ends up with the ball behind half court and shoots a 59-footer to win the game. And it wasn't even like – it was like Steph Curry levels of accurate. 
Mm-hmm. Like it, it was like just over the front rim, just behind the back rim. Perfect basketball shot levels of accurate. Yeah. My first takeaway is, of course, that would happen against Luca. Like, of course, that would be another loss on Luca's record because he just can't catch a fucking break. And then my other thing was, the Cavs are reaching vibe status with the way things are going. <laughs> yeah, they are reaching vibe status. It's too bad that this didn't happen to them in April. Instead yeah. of in, instead of like February, because mm-hmm. it's the classic got hot just slightly too soon team. Yeah, hopefully they had. No, that's a good point. I don't really think of that, but they gotta somehow sustain these vibes for a while longer. Maybe they should just inbound it to Max Struess at the end of every single game and see if he can keep hitting half court shots. Yeah, anything with it, like anytime it's within ten seconds of a quarter, half, anything that should be their go to play. <laughs> Max Struess fifty nine footer. I like the idea that they're on their side of the court. Yeah. And they call a timeout to drop the 59-footer shot. You can't beat it. (laughs) It's the old Paul George quote when Dame hit the game winner against him where he's like, it was a bad shot. Well, Paul, you still lost. You still lost. All right, Mike, you got any more basketball thoughts? No. I know we got a lot of hockey to talk about. All right, let's take a a break and let's let's talk some hockey. All right, we're back. Here to talk about some hockey. Mike, right off the dock. Dock? Top. Well, <laughs> bots that one. Yeah. Mike, Mike, right off the top here. Um, we have two trades to talk about. Okay. First off, you texted me about this. The Chris Tanev trade. Which the Dallas Stars get Chris Tanev and some goalie prospect or something. And in return... They send out uh, defenseman Artem Grusnikov, a mm-hmm. 2024 second rounder, and a 2026 conditional third, as well as the Devils get a 2026 fourth rounder for retaining 50% of TAN of salary. Mike, do you know what the condition is on that 2026 third rounder? I do not. It is if the Stars make the Stanley Cup final this year. It's a pretty good condition. I'd be willing to give up a third rounder if my team has a 50% chance of winning the Cup. Yeah. The Stars pretty easily won this trade, right? I mean, if you look at their injuries right now, their blue line is pretty fucking banged up. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they're they sent out nothing. I mean, so they they retained their top three prospects by the athletic ranking. And I don't think either of the Tanevs is necessarily like putting a team from not competing into competing. But Dallas, who needed blue line help and got a defensive defenseman who is not like a puck mover, but doesn't like kill the play when he touches the puck like he can get it to someone who can get it to someone yeah but their top three prospects by the athletic ranking are logan stankanov stankovin logan stankovin stankovin logan stankovin let's see me try to edit that in post yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maverick bork and leon Beichel. Hmm. all three of which they retained on this so managed to get a productive player that they need while their team is quite injured and gave up fucking nothing for it. Yeah, to quote the uh, the great Mark Ruffalo as Hulk, I see this as an absolute win for Dallas. Is that the movie that Mark Ruffalo dates men in? <laughs> no one gets that reference, Adam. Inside jokes don't work on podcasts. Um, yeah, I think it's a... I mean, the injuries, yes, but then also that's just a great player to add in when you're gearing up for a cup run. Like, he's not going to add the most offensively but it's a great physical presence to have there on the back end 
would have been really smart? What? If I had pulled up his player card on the athletic before this. Yeah, I didn't. I was thinking the same thing. But... <laughs> Fuck it. And, you know, big winner in this. The Devils getting a 2026 fourth-round pick. I guess. I don't know what they're doing anymore. Uh, they better use every one of those picks at goalie. Yeah. The other trade that just came hot off the presses, Mike. Oh, oh man, I, I threw my phone this. away. Ilya Labushkin. Ah, oh, Bushy. Lil Bush. He got boosted around. Boost right away, Mike. You haven't seen this, right? You haven't seen any of this? You seen this? You hear about this? I haven't. But I'm going to get... Let me, let me guess. Yeah, you I was going to ask you. If, if you, you had to, to guess... to a team for a six-round pick. No, I will tell you. It was a third-round pick. And the Ducks retained 50% of his salary. Eastern Conference or Western Conference? Give me that. Eastern Conference. I'll also tell you this. Because of cap constraints... The Hurricanes retained an additional 25% and received a sixth-round pick Boston. from this team. Now, give you one more guess. Once again, this is defenseman Ilya Labushkin. Is it Toronto? It's Toronto, baby! Hey! <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, what a fucking Toronto-ass trade to make. Yeah. So once again, that's just to read the whole thing here real quick, Toronto gets Ilya Labushka and the rights to some prospect. Anaheim gets the Maple Leafs' third-round pick in 2025 and retains 50% of Labushkin's salary, and the Hurricanes retain an additional 25% of Labushkin's salary and get a six-round draft pick for the for their efforts in this trade. Yeah. That's a fine trade for Toronto, I guess. <laughs> How is this not... Like, is Toronto just living in Groundhog Day? Do they have to do this every fucking year? Every year they pick up some super-depth defenseman. Yeah, every they're like... Year. What if we get a hard-nosed defensive defenseman in the building? It didn't work last year. It's it's the arrested development. Mm-hmm. Like these these couples all delude themselves into thinking that an open relationship will save save their marriage. Does it ever save it? No, it doesn't. But maybe it will for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they constantly do it every year. So. <laughs> Mike, who would you rather be? Dallas Stars, Toronto Maple Leafs. I'd rather be the Dallas Stars. Bold take. Bold take. Old take, really? I'm, I'm with you. Okay. 100% with you on that one. All right, Mike. The other uh, the other minor topic before we get to the main event here. Unless you had any more thoughts on these trades. No. The other minor topic before we get to the main event here. Got some weird stuff going on in team ownership recently. It's got me thinking a lot about Salt Lake City. Which in my head is like the circa 2015 teams threatening to move their NFL franchise to LA of hockey mm-hmm. now. Like, I think we might start seeing teams who want something out of the city threatening to move their team to Salt Lake City. Which really does underscore the difference between the NFL's value and the NHL's value. Yeah. So as it stands right now, the owner of the Utah Jazz, Ryan Smith, has expressed interest in getting an NHL team and has even said that he would be willing to foot the bill to build them a stadium separate from the Jazz's stadium. Now, that information came out earlier this season, and since then, this season, we've had the Arizona Coyotes continue to be in no man's land when it comes to building a stadium, and now, you see this Jets stuff this week, Mike? No, I didn't. The Jets chairman, Mark Chipman, sat down with the Athletic and talked with him and said that the attendance that they currently have is, quote, not going to work in the long term. Oof. Gary Bettman replied by saying he thinks it's a strong hockey market, 
to which fact checkers immediately pointed out that it is by TV numbers, by TV pull, the weakest hockey market in the NHL and by sheer attendance, the second worst market ahead of only the Arizona Coyotes at Mullet Stadium. I mean, they lost a team before. Yeah, 1996. That became the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> yeah, so they lost a the team before. So it, it was nice when they came back, got a big boost, nostalgia, hockey back in Winnipeg. But I, I mean, I'm surprised to hear those numbers. I wouldn't have guessed it. It's it's a small arena. It is. I mean, when you watch those those games, and the team's doing well. The team's going to be the one seed in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. And they're still... Their average attendance is the lowest non-mullet arena in the NHL. It's 13,306. And it's not like, you know, in other situations, the city, like when it comes to a dispute over, hey, we need a new arena, eventually the city could feel the pressure and be like, fine, we'll cough over this much money. Let's make it work. I don't know how the city of Winnipeg forces more people to go to the games. Wasn't the entire (laughs) argument when people are like, move a team to Quebec City because like, the OHL and shit like that does really well. Yeah, they do well because there's no pro team there. Doesn't mean a pro team will for sure do good. I mean, they had a team once, once again, and they lost yeah. it to Colorado. That was in the that was in uh, uh, Quebec City. Uh, the Quebec Nordiques. I honestly can't tell you. Huh. But yeah, I can't remember. So here's here's my question, Mike. Do you think it's a foregone conclusion conclusion that we get a Salt Lake City NHL team? Is that happening? Foregone conclusion. I, I don't know. If it does happen, it won't be an expansion. That was my follow-up question. Yeah, it won't be an expansion. We're already at 32. I don't think we're going to go to 33. Because then at some point, they'd have to get a 34th, I think. Because um, for some reason, for leagues, odd numbers just don't work, which I get. But Some reason some reason so you would be looking at an arizona or i guess apparently possibly a winnipeg moving there that would be probably one of the shortest terms a city had a team ever i know i'd have to check how long the thrashers were actually in atlanta but that'd be a pretty short one if you had to if you had to put a guesstimate Mm -hmm. on how long from now this moment a team will be officially in utah what would your guess be Three years. And would you take that bet that a team will be in Utah in three years? Or would you take the a team will not be in Utah in three years bet? I wish there was more organizations I could see moving. Then I'd say for sure, yes. Okay. So let's let's see if we can we can think about this. Okay. Arizona, Winnipeg are the obvious ones, right? Mm-hmm. Ottawa? Probably the next one after those? Yes, I could see Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Buffalo? No, ever, never, ever. <laughs> when we're actually good, we're like one of the best hockey markets. So, um, um fuck Carolina. Like I, I, I don't know how well no. they do attendance wise, but yeah, they do pretty well. I don't think Carolina, Florida, at one point, I don't think was doing well, but that's changed. Um, I wonder what attendance is like in Columbus. Yeah. Columbus, yeah. a team so insignificant that I couldn't even think to, of them to name them on my list here. <laughs> yeah, they're very bad. They don't have a lot of good seasons that stick out since they joined the league in, I think, 2000. So I, I'd put that one on the list. So let's say that. What percent chance would you give to a non-Winnipeg or Arizona team ending up in Utah? 
Ten percent? That seems high. Seems high? Oh, okay. Nine? <laughs> Eight. Seven. Nailed <laughs> Fucking nailed it. Fucking nailed it, man. <laughs> Any more thoughts on this, Mike? You think is Gary Bettman just <laughs> Has Gary Bettman like did he only attend one day of PR training and forgot to go to the other ones? Uh, there, uh, he must have because he is so continually terrible at it. It's like, mind-boggling. Gary Bettman coming out and being like, I think Winnipeg's a strong hockey market. And just having people on Twitter and his replies being like, literally the smallest TV market in the mm-hmm. NHL. Yeah. Like, like he, It's like he doesn't, like before these statements, someone from PR calls him and he's like, I got it. I'm good. I'll wing it. Don't worry. It's like Gary Bettman did, like, a shitload of coke in, like, 1983, and time slowed down for him. Mm-hmm. And he thinks it's still 1983. It's like, what do you mean, internet? <laughs> I'm not, not familiar with this. You're telling me people can just look up how many people can watch games? <laughs> what do they do? They go to the library for this? What do you they mean there's to- no libraries? How do they get on the internet if someone's on the phone? I don't get it. <laughs> uh you think him and Adam Silver I've ever met? No. Does it, it does, like Adam Silver would be towering over Gary Bettman, wouldn't he? I can only assume so. Yeah. What do you think the conversation between those two guys would be like? Like, do they have like, anything in common outside of their official job title? I feel like Bettman would try to make it like, hey, our leagues are similar. Yeah. But like, then he would be like, no, we're like a bona fide, like solidified number two behind the only, like, the only thing we're behind is the Titan that is the NFL. Then it's us, <laughs> solidly. You're like, you're not close to catching us. You can stop now. Like, like Bettman thinks this is heat, and Adam Silver knows it's Scarface. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, like, Silver, I'm sorry, is like, we have an actual deal with ESPN. Like, you have a deal, but eh, you're behind the paywall. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't feel confident enough for you to bring in viewership and uh, you know, send uh, ugh, viewership, which leads to profit. So they stuck you behind a paywall to help guarantee some profit. <laughs> I so for the Formula One thing, which uh, whatever, do a shot every time I bring up Formula One on this podcast. Uh-huh. I was scrambling to watch it because it was on ESPN three. Is it worse to be on ESPN three or ESPN plus? Ooh, ESPN really wants to grow ESPN plus. So they think that you might possibly help that. I don't think being on ESPN three is really good. <laughs> yeah, ESPN three is like when they when you have like a backup quarterback that you can't figure out what mm-hmm. to do with, so you haven't played like safety on the scout team. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Mike. The main event for today, the thing that we have come here to talk about, traveled all around the world, taken infinite notes, is the Pacific Division's a fucking disaster. Yeah. It is it has become unhinged. Like I think that our show's arc, Baskey, our arc is the Vancouver Canucks season this year where somehow, somehow we were so far in the right at the start of the season being like, the Canucks are going to be good. And then Mm -hmm. we just coasted that wave for a very strong start to this podcast. And it's all downhill from here. We've hit a rut. The show's bad. We've got (laughs) to figure some shit out. I feel like you, that was your opinion. And then at some point, like a couple months into the season, I finally jumped on the bandwagon there. I was like, no, you're right. Canucks are, are pretty good. I also, I came out hot in the first month or so and was like, Kings unfucking beatable winning a cup, bud. And that hasn't 
aged well. We definitely, we definitely were big on the Kings. The Pacific Division has been our downfall, right? Because in preseason, yeah. I was the I was the Canucks guy. I think we both picked the Knights to win the Cup mm-hmm. or the Oilers. Like those were definitely in the conversation. And then we were like the Kings guys for a stretch there. Yeah. I mean, so we got San Jose right. Fucking, fucking nailed San Jose. Unless yeah. somehow Chicago takes away the mantle of worst team from them. They're fighting. They're fighting, They're fighting for, for it. it. Right now, uh, Chicago. Mike, if I told you that San Jose has a negative 104 goal differential and Chicago mm-hmm. was in second place for worst goal differential, yeah. what would you th- guess Chicago's goal differential is? Minus 35. Minus 90. You got no. a little Jesus too Christ. <laughs> so what we're doing here, Mike, Mm-hmm. is as the last 10 games in the Pacific have been an utter disaster for all the top teams, we are going to predict how the next 10 games will go for each of these teams. All right. So we're not going to go through each game. I no. like We're just going to say, I think this will be their record and mention notable losses or something. Yeah. I don't even have, okay. I don't even have um, notable losses. Oh, okay. I have just like some some notes on stuff. So if you have notable losses, we'll go that way. But mm-hmm. we're just going to go from the top team to the bottom team in the Pacific and predict their next 10 games, the record, not each game in, you know, specifically. Gotcha. So we're going to start off here with the Vancouver Canucks, who are currently sitting at a hot 4-5-1 in their last 10. They now have a measly 10-point lead in the division and a 4-point lead in the conference, which, by the way, how have the Canucks been this bad for the last two weeks and still have a 10-point lead in the division. No one in the, the division's exactly lighting it on fire right now. That's, that's I mean, I think the Kings are 7-3 and three in their last 10, but they created such a big hole for themselves. The Kings are 6-4. and four. There is one team in the division that's 7-3. and three. Care to guess one more time? Edmonton. Calgary Flames. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking course. All right, so Vancouver. Vancouver, 4-5-1 in their last 10. Yeah. I have them in their next 10. I have them. It doesn't get better right away because in their next five, I have them going two and three um, beating a bad Anaheim team and uh, catching Vegas is really hurt. We'll get more into that, but then I have them losing three because they're playing actual playoff teams in there. LA Winnipeg, Colorado. But after that, they don't really play a lot of good teams. Um, they go on a stretch of pretty winnable games. They have five straight games at home too. So I have them winning all five of those. They're going to go on a little heater. Meaning, I have them going seven and three once again for the next time. Damn. <laughs> I have them going five, four, and one. Wow. Yeah, I. Like, th- that was the story with Vancouver all season, right? Like, this was a high PDO, high shooting luck team. Elias Pettersson has, like, somehow fallen off a little bit, and now there's trade rumors starting about him because they're like, well, he's going to walk. He's going to walk. Uh... If we're not winning the cup this year, we should just trade him. And I just love the idea of everyone looking at Elias Pettersson being like, are they going to trade Elias Pettersson? While JT Miller just stands in the shadows off in the distance. Being... He's like, yeah, they totally should. Am I right? <laughs> He's like running to both sides of the media scrum going, they should trade Elias Pettersson. And then goes over the other side and goes, yeah, I agree with that guy. <laughs> it's like, Here's the thing about hockey, right? It's all fucking yeah. luck. Like it's it, it, hockey might be the sport that's so the most luck reliant of any sport. And there's team there's ways to improve that. There's ways to increase your luck, and that could be system based, player based, whatever it is. Settle but down, it, Lambert. It's a very lucky sport. 
and Vancouver's luck ran out. It sucks, you know? We, we mm-hmm. all believed. They made that awesome trade for whoever the fuck they traded for the other day. And uh, it's time, you know? Time's up. We flipped positions. I don't think time's up just yet. I think they can... I feel like PDO hangs around for at least, you know, most of the year. So they're going to make the playoffs still. Yeah. Which, which is, is great because that was one of my preseason bets. Yeah, which it would just be hilarious if they made the playoffs, but traded Elias Pettersson and basically said, we're going back to not making the playoffs. We <laughs> thought that was fun. God, imagine wasting this Quinn Hughes season too. Yeah. All right, next up, number two in the division currently, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Last 10, they are 4-5-1. and one. They are 10 points behind Vancouver with two games in hand. Mike, I want just, for the record, Actually, two games in hand. Not my backwards version that I get wrong every time. <laughs> okay. So Vegas, I have going a even five and five. They are beat to shit right now, injury-wise. So unless they're playing like a bad team or are at home against like a meh team, I don't really see them winning. I'm pulling up their injury report right now. A lot of guys on IR. Yeah, I want to I wanna see if I can just list this off. I know Mark Stone just went on there with a lacerated spleen. Oof. The uh, Chris Sims injury. Uh, oh, yeah, William Carrier. Mark Stone, William Carrier, Brett Howden, Tobias Bjornfot, and Pavel Dorofeyev. Uh, Michael Amadio, Jack Eichel. That's right. Um, Which he's apparently started practicing again. Yeah, Logan Thompson. Tom, Tom, geez, Logan Thompson is day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So those, like, they're beat to shit right now. But, mm-hmm. like you said, Jack Eichel, probably not back quite yet, but he'll be back soon. And I think that once again we see Vegas is going to do some cap shenanigans shit and make a couple trades. Yeah. You ready for this, Mike? You ready for this? Yeah. I have him going eight one and one. Ooh, next hit. Sheesh. Okay. Time to get hot. Time to get Logan Thompson healthy. Him and uh, Aiden Hill being the best Coley tandem in the West somehow. Mm-hmm. Let's just get some. Let's get some Vegas magic going, baby. Yeah, I mean, Eichel comes back. They could definitely get going and, and go on a streak here. I think that, like, and mainly. So I did. I did my whole list here, and I was like, I just want one or two teams from the Pacific to just announce their presence and go fucking tear it up now, because this last stretch, like from the start of February to now, has been so disheartening for. Us as a weirdly Pacific-centric podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vancouver has a 10-point lead. I know you mentioned the games in hand, but I don't. It, it's still up for grabs, like Vegas or Edmonton, maybe, especially if they capitalize on... Oh, well, Edmonton doesn't play them in the next 10. But Vegas plays Vancouver the three games from now, and so that will be a big one for them. This was the NBA. That would be a yeah. nationally televised game, and I'd be convinced mm-hmm. the big name was going to sit it out. It might be like, uh, actually, I actually don't think it is. I know Vegas's next game is like ESPN's game of the night because they're going to be in Buffalo. So, and yes, I put that one down as a loss. <laughs> Good. I was wondering. Um, <laughs> so, here's the problem, right, with mm-hmm. a game between Vegas and Vancouver, is who is staying up for that puck drop? A lot of people, but not you, because you're like Joe Burrow and go to bed at eight at night. <laughs> Fuck, bud! I didn't even get to take a nap today. I usually have, oh, I usually no. get, get a nice little cute midday nap in. Oh no! I gotta go straight from here to dinner. Ugh. 
Ugh. Ugh. Evanston. Ugh. If anyone hears this podcast before I upload it, just know I'm going to be at Taco Diablo in Evanston today. (laughs) (laughs) Come say hi. Um, All right, Mike. Next up on the list. An early Baskey favorite. The Edmonton Oilers. That's you. Stop lumping me in. (laughs) You're the one that for three straight podcasts brought them up every segment no matter what. Yeah, to pick on them because it's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> They're 5-4-1 and one in their last 10. One, one point behind Vegas with, wait for it, Mike. Two games in hand. Yeah. I love this little improvement. I brought it on, man. I really figured I it out. I really figured it out. They're healthy. I think that's the team that gets hot and goes on another run. I have them going a sexy 8-2. and two. I have them losing against Boston because it's going to be a three and four and they're going to be in Boston. And then just to be a a douchey homer, I have them losing a game in Buffalo. (laughs) I'm with you on this, Mike. I think that this is the hot team. And this is one of the few teams I actually went through game by game on their schedule and looked at. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that Boston game. I did not for a second look at the Buffalo game twice, but I looked at the Boston game and I thought, you know what? We have been talking about how Boston's a little overrated all year. I believe in Edmonton. I get it's a three and four. I get it's on the road. Fucking believe in them. I got right. Edmonton going nine, zero, and one. Woo. I didn't counter in loser points because they're stupid. You shouldn't get a point. Like, the term loser point is an oxymoron because you get a point despite the term loser is in the fucking name. Okay, I'll have them to go nine and one. And Thank how about you. this? I'll even I'll even adjust this a little bit. Mike, did you know Edmonton has only lost two overtime games all year? Oh wow. Yeah. I have them losing their third one against Columbus on March 7th. Okay. There's always that weird one in there. There's always the weird one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, my next up, the Los Angeles Kings, the PDO Kings from earlier in the season. In their last 10, they are 6-4-0. They've lost their last two straight. Actually, they won one. They lost two before winning their most recent one. And they are currently four points behind, well, now two points behind Edmonton. See, this is what happens when you adjust the podcast by one day. I got I to read <laughs> notes on the fly. Sorry. They're currently two points behind Edmonton, but they've played one more game. So I think the Kings have steadied the ship. Cam Talbot's numbers are no longer horrendous. He has a 2.5 GA and a .914 save percentage. League average. A little bit better, actually, than league average. So they've steadied the ship. I think they're going to go on a little run, not Oilers level run, because I have only a game difference. I think I got them going seven and three in their next ten. What do you think happened to Cam Talbot for like those middle two months? He's old. <laughs> like, yeah, like December and January. Does the cold just seep into his old bones? Well, I mean, he lives, he plays in L.A., so when he's at home, there's really no excuse for the cold seeping into his old bones. <laughs> his arthritis acting up. Does he get like, like does? Does Cam Talbot have seasonal affectiveness disorder? Have we checked into this? <laughs> like, does early sunsets really upset him? Possibly. Is, so, you you have this team coming back from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you say that so sheepishly? <laughs> I don't know. Because I'm not like a thousand percent on board with it, but I, I'm going to go with it. Like, while you were giving the intro to the Kings, I was looking at the record I gave them, and I was like, that's a little... A little very optimistic, but I wrote it down, so I'm going to go with it. Do you think that they're going to trade for a goalie? And is it too late to trade for a goalie? 
Yeah, I don't think they trade for a goalie. It feels too late, right? Like, yeah, yeah. The, the Devils have a similar problem. Where at this point, if you were going to make a move for a goalie and didn't, you are committing roster malpractice already. Yeah, like your own... And depending on what level goalie you're looking for, you'd have to trade the farm for Markstrom. Yeah. And figure out the cap. So, yeah. And then if you if you trade the farm for Markstrom, say you figure out the cap, say that you, you know, wash that contract through a couple of teams, get 50%, mm-hmm. 50%, you manage to make it work. Or Elvis. Yeah. Uh, but I heard he left the building. Um, <laughs> you're still going to get Jacob Markstrom down a lot of points in a loser point league with like 18 games left. I mean, yeah. like, it, it's it, at this point, if I'm L.A. or if I'm New Jersey, it's too late to trade for a goalie. You've missed your time. Uh, yeah, you definitely missed your chance. I think maybe if they make a move, they're going to try to get more scoring because they don't have a lot of guys. They don't have any, like, big goal scorers right now. Like, I think, who is it? Well, too bad for them. Ilya Labushkin mm-hmm. and Chris Tan have already got traded, so. Yeah, so, yeah, Trevor Moore leads the team in goals at 23. Who would you who who would you see him trading for then for goal scoring? I don't know. I'm trying to think of the goal scorers that are out there. Like the name that's flooding my brain is is Gunsel, but I was going to say don't say Jake Gunsel. <laughs> but they won't be able to get the Gunsel. No. They don't have the goods to get the guns. Yeah, I got the goods for the guns. So I have this team in the next 10 going 5-5 five, five, and 0. Huh. Stay in average, but most importantly, avoiding that loser point. Way to way to lose with integrity, Los yeah. Angeles. I salute you. <laughs> Next up, the aforementioned Calgary Flames, seven three and zero in their last ten. How? What? Is this like the all-time put on a show to sell the goods or something? How is this the team performing best in the Pacific when they're like, well, what if we trade everything that's not nailed down? Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. It's really weird. So that kind of factors into like my record because I think as they've started to the time has come. They're going to continue to trade things. Like I think Noah Hannafin's out of the building. I don't think Markstrom goes at this point because kind of like Noah Hannafin in LA. I'd like that. Um, I think Mar- like Markstrom, there's just too many moving parts and to get that, getting that trade done. So it could come in the off season um, or like leading up to the draft. So I have them going the inverse as they continue to tear this team apart. I am going three and seven. <laughs> Mike in their last 10, They've had one game even reach overtime. Six of their seven wins have come in regulation. That's supposed to impress me. This seems hot. It doesn't doesn't impress me. In hockey? Yeah. The Flames are hot. They are in fuego, but I think it's all going to start settling down here. They they got a a positive goal differential? Uh, And you know what? Never mind. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to start. They're, 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 down. If you're, do you call about Nazem Kadri if you're a team that needs goal scoring? Like I'm, about I'm calling do you, about Kadri. Do you, do you call about Huberdro? Huberdro? <laughs> Huber no, down. I don't want. I don't want that contract for 37 points over halfway through the season. <laughs> what? What would? You're the Buffalo Sabers, right? What would Calgary have to offer for you to take Huberdro? Why can't I say his name, Huberdo? Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're like you're putting the R. On the wrong end of the D. <laughs> it's like I'm trying to mush him and Goudreau together. Yeah. yeah. Um, it would take a lot and some salary retention. It would take a lot. <laughs> You'd be like, can you retain 100% of the salary and send us a pick? 
yeah, like we're not stocking their cupboard with assets. We're taking assets to yeah. take Hubert out. Like you just really want to get him off the books. It's that kind of trade. Yeah. I mean, Noah, Noah Hannafin has more goals. The defenseman Noah Hannafin has more goals than Jonathan yeah. Huberdeau. What if, what if they say, all right, we're sending you former Rocket Richard winner. Wait, not Rocket Richard. Art Ross winner. Jonathan Huberdeau. I'm leaning into it at this point. Retaining none of the salary. <laughs> How many picks will it take for you to do that? One of them is going to be a first. I can tell you that, but just one of them. If not more, like who's your best prospect in your system? Because I'd like to see that. You've oh. lost your fucking mind. Oh, by by the way, Mike, the Athletic finished their list for the best prospects. Oh, yeah. Sabers are number one, baby. Let's fucking go, bud. Sabers are number one. The season one might be smart. dead, but at least there's something. <laughs> yeah. Huberdo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I I was trying. So hard there. It took it took a monumental amount of effort. Um, real quick, I'm pulling up prospect list here. Let's, let's get a look. All right, Calgary Flames are 15th. Their top prospect is Matt Coronado, a right wing. Oh, yeah, I know that is. I had him on my fantasy team for a minute. Yeah, he's the best player in college hockey, apparently. Mm-hmm. Or one of the best players in college hockey. Yeah, and it gets worse for... Calgary, because I think, wasn't there Erasmus Anderson rumblings too recently? There's been Erasmus Anderson to Buffalo rumblings. Oh. <laughs> now we can talk. I'm picking up the phone now for a 27-year-old in his prime, a very good defenseman, Erasmus Anderson. Probably the best defenseman on that team. Can you get Ristolainen back in the building? I'm passing on him. <laughs> like, can we just get all the Rasmuses in Buffalo? Yeah, all the Rasmuses. What's a flock of Rasmuses called? I don't know. There's a Rasmus Sandine out there too. I'll give a. I think that's Washington. Gotta give him a call. <laughs> I just love the blue line being Rasmus, 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 Rasmus Owen. <laughs> I would like if we could. Some, we should make a power play unit with a bunch of defensemen, just so we can be like Rasmus takes up, pa- drops it back to Rasmus. So over <laughs> to Rasmus, who takes it behind the net, and up to Rasmus. Rasmus shoots. Rasmus is blocked. <laughs> it's like the uh, the letter Kenny bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. I have, I have, uh, I have the Flames going three, six, and one. So you and I basically have them having yeah. the same record. You just have them mm-hmm. with one more regulation loss than I have because you mm-hmm. didn't do loser points. Yeah. Let's be real about th- what this team is. I mean, we just we the team just went seven and three, and we were trying to figure out ways for them to get off of Jonathan Huberdo. Yeah. Twice in a that, row. Look at you go. Why is that name broken for me now? I've never had problems with that before. <laughs> All right. Ne- next up on the list, Mike. The newest expansion team in the league, the Seattle Kraken, 5-4-1 in, in their last 10. I have basically no notes on this team. This might be the most blah team in the NHL for me. I, like, unless you want to talk about where Adam Larson and Yanni Gord are going to get traded. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I don't have any. I, don't, I just don't like the Seattle team. Their roster's not, or their uh, record, or fucking A, now you're getting me to mess up words. Uh, yeah, their schedule isn't exactly, uh, it's pretty pretty tough. Uh, I am going two and eight. <laughs> That's really bad. Jesus. I, yeah. I looked down. I was like, God, I hate Seattle. <laughs> I have them going four, four and two. Okay. So above 500 by points percentage, below 500 by what real people talk about, which are wins said, and losses, baby. I said, okay, like we're in a similar range. It, we're not <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. I have them getting uh, six more points than you have in their next 10 mm-hmm. games. 
All right, let's move on to more interesting teams here, Mike. The Anaheim yeah. Ducks. Quack, quack. Currently 4-5-1 in their last 10. Negative 54 goal differential, Mike. Mm -hmm. They did win their most recent game. Good for them. They uh, still suck. I have them going 2-8. and eight. <laughs> Boy, I can't wait to see where you have San Jose going. Uh, how many – How many? like, if, if I set the over-under at one-and-a-half trades that the Ducks are involved in by the deadline, what would your mm – -hmm. would you take the over or the under there? Over. They got to be involved at least two. You think Adam Henrique and Trevor Zegras? It's got so many pieces. Like, yeah, Henrique. Uh, uh, Zegras isn't going anywhere. Um, Strom is another name that I could see moving. Fucking uh, Radko Gudis? Who knows? Like, I, they have pieces. Like, vets that teams are going to come a-calling about to help bolster their roster in depth positions going into the playoffs. Zegras might have... One of the most unusual NHL careers in history. Yeah. Like, the guy was on the cover of Chell, and now we're all like, is he a top six winger? Yeah. It, her, um, another name is, like, I don't think Frank, 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 Frank Vitrano's stock is going to get much, like, higher. Yeah. Like, once again, like, he's already hit a career best in um points this year. He's coming off. Last season he put up forty one. This year he's at forty six now. The it's not going to get hotter. Like I, I'd probably move that if I could. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Like one and a half might be a little low. Um, what if we don't like? Obviously, like salary washes don't count. Mm -hmm. Do we count trades that are like Anaheim trading a prospect for something? Like they gain a Chell player and lose a prospect. Does that count? Who's the prospect? Anaheim. Anaheim? And what are they getting? I don't know. An NHL player. Anyone. To, like, take cap off another yeah, team's Yeah, that's hands? what I'm saying. Yeah. Like okay, they, yeah. I mean, it would be a low-ass prospect, but I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, something coming back to that team for, you know, trading them Jonathan Huberto or whatever. Right. Do, do, do we count that in our over and under one and a half trades? Yeah, it's a trade. Or only okay. I'm not counting salary washes through Anaheim, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, final team on the list here, Mike. The San Jose Sharks, a scorching 2-7-1 and one in their last 10. Negative 104 goal differential. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking on these guys, Mike? <laughs> so San Jose right now is looking at Chicago, who is 35 points as well. And they're, they're like, what the fuck? Like, we set this team up so perfectly to win the Bordellini sweepstakes and now it's not i mean it's never a lock because Wait. stupid draft lotteries but celebrini celebrini who's bordellini <laughs> i don't i think that that's something that you can get from stouffer's yeah i think that is like a pasta company you see in grocery stores oh uh, yeah the celebrini sweepstakes so i think they are um under you know not they're not really doing this if anybody asks but like mike greer's walking into the locker room and without saying it he's like you better fucking lose <laughs> every game possible or i swear to god uh so i have them going a beautiful one in nine their one win comes down the line when they are at columbus because columbus is also just a shit show who do you think ends up with the best celebrini odds i i still think it'll be san jose oh man i'm hoping beyond hope it's chicago oh my god i would love it right <laughs> imagine chicago adds celebrini to that 
Yeah, I guess I was mean to Columbus. They do have 48 points, 13 more than San Jose, but they're still a fucking shit show. So. Um, all right, let's play a quick game here. I'm going to start naming people on San Jose's roster. You tell mm-hmm. me if they get traded. Sounds good? Okay. Mackenzie Blackwood. Mm. Yeah. Logan Couturier. Mm. Are, are you saying I could see it happening or I, I'm, put, I'm flagging the ground it's happening? 51% chance or better. Okay, so I'll say Logan Couturier, yeah. Anthony Duclair. Yes. Michael Granlund. Isn't Logan, is Logan Couturier on IR? Could be. Could not be. Yeah, I think he is. I'm, you, think I'm gonna I'm take watching, you think I'm watching San Jose games, and Mike? You mean just Logan Couture, right? Because Couturier yeah, is not a man. Me. Yeah, Logan yeah, Couture. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he he might be hurt. I'm pretty, He might still be. I don't know if he can be traded. But um, what was your last one? Uh, 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 Michael Granlund. Michael Granlund? Uh, yeah, trade him. Tomas Hurdle. Jesus, I'm going to say no because that contract's a nightmare. Team's going to come a calling, but I don't know if we'll get done. Mike, Tomas Hurdle, 31 years old. Oh, wow. I didn't know he was still that young. <laughs> 30, actually. Who do you think is more likely to get traded? Tomas Hurdle or Yanni Gord? Because Yanni Gord's like 33, 34. Yanni Gord. You know what Yanni Gord has? Got rings, bitch. Rings, Got that hardware, baby. son. You yeah. and I, just because no one's going to be able to see you and I both pointed at our ring fingers. <laughs> Finger, yeah. All right, Mike. I have the San Jose Sharks going 0 10 and 0 in their next 10 <laughs> games. <laughs> Let's get a streak going, baby. Although two's a streak. That's true. <laughs> All right, Mike. That is the Pacific. We have perfectly predicted where they're going to go in the next 10 days. One of us has to have perfectly predicted it, right? One of us. Yeah. Any more thoughts on hockey, Mike? Anything I missed this week that was of importance to you? Nothing comes to mind right now. Are we going to do another one of these? These podcasts? Yeah, we do them every week. <laughs> no, like this division next 10. It was kind of fun. Yeah, we can do it. I'm down. Yeah. Um, one more thing. Uh, there was a, a writer who wrote a big old piece on why the devil should fire Lindy Ruff. Yeah. What is the deal with hockey? Like, so does down, the Jerry. coach, what's the deal with hockey? Does the coach not matter at all in hockey? Is that what we're learning? Cause Lindy no, I... Ruff was like supposedly one of the best coaches in hockey last year, or was it actually just Andrew Burnett? Or actually, is Andrew Burnett just doing okay as a head coach? Or actually, was it Lindy Ruff all alone and the goaltending's just bad? I think it's the opposite. People obviously think the coach does matter. That's why like, beat writers are so quick to be like, fire this guy. He's got to go. He's the reason. It's all his fault. When like New Jersey, not at all having the season that I think they expected, there was high expectations. Uh, keep in mind, last year they were on like a, had a shit record, and then all of a sudden got super hot. So maybe we overestimated some things, but like they have like an. I was gonna say it's only a, like a minus seven goal differential, but then I realized Buffalo's minus six, so really not good. <laughs> Seattle's minus four, so I take back that point. But Calgary's plus one. Yeah, I'm uh I'm biased because Lindy coached for a long, long, long time in Buffalo, and I still still love him, still have respect for him, but. He's in trouble because the NHL has definitely become a short leash, a short leash league when it comes to coaches. And like 
outside of like the Brindamore system and the Bruce Cassidy defensive system and the uh, the Montgomery just keep playing like Patrice Bergeron still here system. Mm-hmm. Do these coaches really have systems? And also, like, there's no other sport where you're so you like your career is so hanging on goalies who mm-hmm. just fucking who knows when a goalie is going to be good or not. Yeah, and goalies literally from year to year can just like switch flips. I suck now, sorry. And then two years later, it'd be you know I'm gonna win the fucking Vesna. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough thing from like year to year. I mean, we talk about it like in all sports. We talk about how year to like, year to year play from players is never a guarantee. But so you should no, always be looking to better your roster if you can. There's no there's no goalie equivalent in basketball or football. Running backs. Running backs don't dictate a team's success nearly as much. That's true. And have more <clears throat> consistency year to year for a, a large part. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, that's all I got. All right. You want to hit plugs and get out of here? Yeah. Um, follow me at Mike on Twitter and threads. Make sure to look out for whenever new content drops. You can follow Adam at a handle he's about to say. So look forward to that. <laughs> you can follow me at Adam. <laughs> There on Twitter it is. and threads. You can follow us at Talent Alone on TikTok. You can email us at talentalonepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what coaches actually matter in the NHL. Beyond that, you can listen to our supplemental Formula One podcast. It turned out pretty good. I think so. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun to record despite being utter chaos. And it is definitely, definitely, definitely the least I have ever talked in a two-hour period while awake. Mm. <clears throat> Beyond that, check out Tyler Carcara's Bears Cursed Quarterback article came out yesterday. It's very good. And keep an eye out because, Mike, you know what's this weekend? What? Revolution, baby. Oh, I forgot to plug that. Yeah, we got Revolution predictions coming up. I'm guessing, like, what, Saturday you're thinking? Yeah. yeah. So if you can get your half of those in, I'll respond <laughs> and I'll I'll get the thumbnail made. We'll get that shit up tomorrow while I'm watching F1, baby. Yeah, sorry. Um. No way need to, to apologize. Way to, way to yeah. call me out here on the pod, you dick. <laughs> Didn't I just do my predictions today? Or did I do them yesterday? Today. Texting yeah. this morning. Well, see, we're all good. Yeah. All right, with that, Mike, since we don't do shout-outs here, uh, what is your favorite flavor of runt? I haven't had runts in a minute. Banana. Well, wrong answer. <laughs>